welcome to Unraveling Crypto, the podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie. If you're curious about Web3 but don't know where to start, you're in the right spot. I know how full your life is already, and I also know how much freedom this expansive space can offer. Each episode, we bring on Web3 experts to share what they love. Through easy conversation, we cover topics like financial literacy, blockchain, and how to use these in practical ways. It's not just about technology, but about who is building it and why it's being built. Welcome back, everyone. I'm excited for you to tune into today's episode with Louis, who is Growth at Stacks and co-founder at Writer. He is someone who is multidimensional, multifaceted in his experience, his skill sets, and the value he truly brings to the crypto community and, of course, the Stacks community. And today we actually got to explore a different side of him, of how he got into crypto and his story of perseverance and what you can do when you're hearing no and you really want to be a part of something, whether that's a job or a project. It was um, it was insightful and I hope that you all resonate and connect in some way. So let's dive in. Hi, Louis. Welcome to Unraveling Crypto. I'm so excited to have you here. No, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting. <laughs> of course. Okay, let's get started with what's one thing that you're grateful for right now. Right now, I think the weather. The weather <laughs> at the moment mm. is great because I live in Amsterdam and if it's winter, it's usually gloomy and just very rainy. But today... <laughs> It's in my view, there's a sun and uh, it's amazing weather. Ooh, I love that. So <laughs> what's um, one superpower that you have right now? That thing that comes to you most easiest or effortless and that mm-hmm. is just since you were a child? I think I have good intuition on things. You know, mm. if I go on a certain intuition, that means I don't want to say it, but it's usually right right so yeah. for example if i'm gonna talk about crypto before network bridge was a thing i already know that it was a thing it's mm-hmm. like i can feel it and also with nfts it's like i don't really understand it but i know it's a thing <laughs> so now we're betting on identities and just merging the physical and digital world i know it's going to be the next big thing as well mm-hmm. <laughs> intuition okay. intuition i think is my superpower okay oh i like that so mm-hmm. Um, for everyone to get to know you a little bit, just tell us a bit of your background and what you currently do in the space. Yeah, so a bit of my background is like all over the place. I'm going to cut it short. So I'm, I'm a techie, right? So I studied IT. I did a master's on what we call green IT. So I studied in Amsterdam. And during my uni, we were trying to compute the carbon carbon emission of a Google search. I mean, I don't really know how we did it. I just joined the best group. <laughs> you know how everybody just tried to survive. I was like, yeah. these guys are smart, you know, I'm, I'm, be I'm the, I want to be them because I'm, I'm the, I like tech, but I'm on the business side of things, you know, I can dissect it, but it's not like I'm the best coder in town. I'm not. And I'm not going to pretend that I, cause there's a lot of Jews in the world and when the event, that's not me, that's not my superpower. So, yeah, and then when I was in uni, I did a special research on the history of digital cultures, right? So how do you see technologies shape society in an economic and social way? Mm. And for me, 
I went down the rabbit hole of Web2 and just like how digital communities started forming way back in the 90s. And fun fact, it was actually originally in the Netherlands, the first digital community. Oh, wow. It was called the Digital Stat. And but back then, it was so hard for them to monetize a community online. They're like, okay, how do we make money? And of course, they didn't make it through and they shut on the project. But now, if you see that and they, they can easily turn it into a DAO, tokenize themselves, NFT. I think it's just so fascinating because it was already way back before, but then the solution just come 20 years, 30 years later. Yeah. And that's how I got into crypto. I think crypto for me was all about shifting the dynamics. How do you actually shift the power from the rules of the minority in order to be the rule of the majority. Because mm. by the end of the day, it's always been a certain kind of class that rules society. But now we as a collective, if we can organize ourselves with decentralization, can actually make society work. Yeah. I, and I think, I think that's been like the common theme most people have said. It's just, it goes from the few to the all when you go into crypto. Mm -hmm. And of course, like there's a lot of growth that needs to happen to an organization. So, um, how did you land in stacks? How did you get? Yeah. I always tell this to community members because I feel like I had the same pat as everybody else right mm -hmm. so i was just a speculator trying to learn what crypto or blockchain is i think as an outsider it's always difficult to know everything right mm -hmm. i will i knew crypto in 2016 i think i went to blockchain.com and it was just game over and i was studying tech i was like okay there's so many definitions terms i don't really get it and i'm just being dumb or but i studied tech i don't think i should get it <laughs> and then um i i i did a lot of like research but then i halted because i was working for a different company i was working for like a vr vr company back in 2017 and then it was in 2018 i was like i just want to jump into crypto and i saw a TED talk of muneev and i was like this guy now said he, he's like the real deal because he we i started software architecture so i understand what he was saying that when it comes to complexity you don't have to put it on the chain right you have to put it off the chain in order to make the blockchain scalable and back in 2017 and 2018 it was all about scalability because crypto kitty was there and then it it, it just halted the network because it yeah. couldn't handle it but they were already talking about scalability i think stacks approach and how they did everything from just a research standpoint was very well done and it attracted me and that's what you see now on the Stacks community. It's a very technological niche community. If you're very curious about the tech, it attracts you. Yeah. And it's a good thing. And that's how I started my journey in crypto. And they weren't hiring Stacks. And I'm like, you know me, you know yeah. me. I'm like, a, I'm, I'm like a generalist. I can do a little bit of everything, but I'm not like the best at it. If I apply on one thing, I'll probably get denied. So what I did is... I pinned Patrick. I sent him a pitch deck. I thought, yeah, I can help you grow stacks. You know, mm -hmm. if you take me in, maybe look at this deck. I made like a 16 slide deck to Patrick. Oh, but of course, wow. he didn't take me. Yeah, yeah, he didn't take me instantly. So what I did was just contribute left and right. I mean, for me, I don't take no as an answer and I never 
do take no. I mean, if it's a no, I'll talk to you somewhere six months down the line and probably say yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I just contributed left and right. I started making up meetups. I did one in Amsterdam. And then I told them, just give me stuff. I'll do it. I can do anything. I told them. Designing posters, doing some BD work. I think four months later, the guy just picked me up because they can't get rid of me. And that's how I started my journey on Stacks. And I think everybody should just do it. Just get involved. And even if the first answer was no, I don't think you should get your hopes down because I also had a lot of no, right? And I just, yeah, I just told them I love the project so much that, you know, whatever, I'll contribute wherever I can. Yeah, and it paid off. I think that's so powerful too, like the way that you are explaining it, because I think it's so easy. Most of us, when we hear no, we just totally give up. And and it's a great <clears throat> story of like perseverance and consistency and just showing up. And like like you said, if they say no, how can I work around and do better? Or where can I contribute? So what do you, like, what has been like the the growth from Stacks since you entered to where we are today? That's a very good question because before I always felt insecure when I joined the team. I always felt, oh my God, these guys are like on a different caliber. Yeah. Is it just me or I don't really understand what they're saying? <laughs> For example, <laughs> I'm being honest here. So I think everybody knows like what's going on in the background. And now yeah. I'm leading growth at the foundation. So even the proof of transfer, the moment we released the paper, they're like, okay, and all of the team reads it. I didn't get it. I didn't. And I'm being honest about it. I think it took me like four to five times in order to unwrap my thing. And I had to break it down. I had to map the entire thing, draw a graph. Okay, I get it now. You know, and that's, and now I'm super confident on the skill set that I have. I think that's a usual connotation in crypto that you go in, you understand everything. I think for me, in order to find my voice within Stacks, it took me like two years to build up and speak up my mind. Even before a single tweet, I couldn't even do it. I, was like, I can't tweet. It, this is, <laughs> I don't know what other people will think, but now you see me, I'm like total 100% keyboard warrior because I feel like I've earned it. I've been in the space for so long and I have good intuition on things. Yeah. And even if it's right or wrong, it's fine. But at the end of the day, we're all here to actually push experiment and innovation. And that's what I like about crypto. You don't know where it's going. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is really important and relatable for anyone that's in the space or outside of the space that it's not about knowing everything. It's just like dipping your toes, learning one step at a time, and then kind of like eventually momentum will build from there. So yeah. I really love that. Um, okay. So what do you think has been like talking about the same train of thought? Like what has really built your confidence and skill sets in the space to be able to work and to be able to be a thought leader? And yeah, like you said, you're like a keyboard warrior over there typing away yeah. and tweeting away. Yeah. Yeah. So I think every person process knowledge differently, right? Yeah. So I read a lot of books as well, but I'm more of a visual person. And that's one also of my super, superpower and also talking to a lot of community members. One way for me to learn is to conversate with people like Vain, right? Mm. So for example, I'm going to ask uh, Taiko from Zest. Taiko, can you explain me Zest protocol in like a super, super high level, abstract it in a way that you're like pitching to your mom so that in that sense, I understand it. That's what that's how I do it. I think one of the best way to learn as well is you don't look from the inside, you look from the outside. Mm -hmm. So that's what I learned in crypto. 
especially now that if you look at other ecosystem, there's a lot of things that you can learn from them, you know, and just conversate. That's why for me, I changed my bio to like multi-chain of madness because then I talk to other people and other protocol and I learn a lot of things, you know? So mm. for me now, I think crypto is always a journey. Now I'm a big believer that certain protocol for certain use cases, right? Stacks mm. is great, but there's are great things that it can do and it can't do. Yep. And just like knowing and understanding that, I think that's really powerful because mm -hmm. that's how you can also push things forward in in your mm -hmm. own like job and the network that you're building as well. So what are you most excited about in the space right now? We're in a, I mean, bear market, so it's kind of yeah. quiet at times, but what are you excited for right now? Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like in a bull market, the Twitter is so noisy. It's like everybody's like, euphoria, throwing in memes. And now the bear market, it's UC who's like the real builder and who aren't the real builders because the builders stay. And I think it's my second or third bear market. I haven't counted. Um, yeah, but I, I like it. We're just hands down. I think for right now, it's usually, okay, how if you put on your founder's hat, like okay how do we survive the winter right that's yeah. usually the case and there's a lot of projects that will just give up and they're like yeah not for me you know i'm done uh, exit right and yeah for us it's all about what you said before perseverance right and i think conversation like this seeing people in real life this the community member it gives you like such joy and energy yeah. and it gives you okay yeah i get it why i'm in the space this is it yeah yeah this is why <laughs> this is what keeps this is moving. why this is why this is what keeps yeah. me moving the conversation the amount of passionate people in the same room that just wants to move things forward i think it's very special i've never seen i mean i'm not going to compare it to other space or other profession i'm yeah. probably biased but i've never seen anything like it yeah yeah same so what project so writer tell me a little bit about writer and what you guys are doing um because i mm -hmm. think it's a very unique project that's being put out there yeah so in a nutshell and um, i'm gonna start with the problem so the problem that we had back in 2016 was i wanted to crypto in 2016 it was so hard for me to understand i had friends in 2016 that wanted to go into crypto Okay, let's fast forward to 2022. Okay, I was able to get in my way and flourish in crypto, but the same friends of mine are still on the same spot. Hmm. Not counting my mom, my dad, and all the other people who was, you know, they need easy things. So yep. the question was always, how do we bring the next million or billion users to crypto? So it's all about the user experience. And that's where we're focusing on on rider so we want to merge your crypto and real life social interaction because for us it's always the combination of that social element and if you merge it with crypto it can unlock a growth vehicle for adoption yeah. for us it's all about the power of a single tap vein taps you enter and an, you enter your uh, you enter a space through your identity or nft you tap you send a secure transaction so for example you can't get fish anymore on like a website because your keys is off offline lastly you tap you can actually recover your assets in the case of loss oh wow so yeah so that's the thing right so you embed a social action in crypto 
you could unlock something. And that's our thesis when it comes to wallets. So for Rider, we're pioneering what we call the world's first social wallet. If I'm going to put it on a chart, you have software wallet, hardware yeah. wallet, and the next generation is what we call social wallet Rider. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so um, I think this is a really important point because a lot of the people that want to come in, they are afraid because it's like this whole thing about the metaverse and that you're only going to be online. But that's quite the contrary. And we often find ourselves going in meetups or events. And mm -hmm. like what what have you found like is a balance between the technology and like you're saying the connection, the one on one connections? Like how do you find yeah. that balance? This this is a good good example because I love meeting people. I would love to meet you. I mean, we've met in person yeah. in Miami, and I would love to meet everybody in Miami. Having this kind of space is nice, but at the end of the day, we we as humans crave real life social interaction. That's that's period, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a famous saying by a computer scientist called Max Weiser, and he called it ubiquitous computing. Ubiquitous computing meaning what it means is technology succeed if it actually disappear in the human world. So that means how can you blend the digital to the physical reality? Mm -hmm. And you don't just, because right now I think there's a lot of confusion when it comes to metaverse. So metaverse is to create a separate world and everything is there and you just port yourself to like a device. Yeah. And I don't think, and that means you're taking away real life human experiences. What if you could have another definition of metaverse where you try to blend, blend in metaverse to real life? Mm. And that's what we call ubiquitous computing. And I think we can succeed as a space if we're able to blend realities on both ends. Okay. Ooh, yeah, so that's like a, the sweet spot that we're, we're trying to do. Okay. I'll, and can you, where are you, where's Ryder right now? And can anybody get um, a social wallet yet? Or yeah. What? Yeah, so think of Rider as a hardware and software company. We're a hardware organization in Web3, and we're going to put out a lot of products in order to achieve that reality mm -hmm. of blending realities and bringing the next billion users to crypto. The first product that we have was Bitcoin domain names. So Bitcoin domain names, we try to leverage the culture and community within crypto. So you can, for example, you saw us integrate various NFT communities. So you can now buy vein vein that crush punk or vein yep. that mega and then that's like the next the first product so we also tweeted today the second product that we have and it's the digital twin nfc tag right so for example i have my hat here and then there's an nfc chip here and then i scan it with my phone and i get the the nft on it and if oh. i resell this hat to vein and you scan this hat uh, you get the NFT. So you have the entire provenance, which is super important for physical product, right? So yeah. just imagine the sheer opportunity that we can unlock there. And the last missing piece of the puzzle is more end-user end application, which is the writer device. So we have all these pieces that we feel like, okay, all of this will contribute to that vision we're trying to do. So we're, we we're on the second product. And on the third product, we're on the dev kit stage. So meaning... We're going to have an exploded view of the actual device and we're going to shrink it down and then you have Rider. And that will take six to nine months. So we're targeting Q2, Q3 next year. But the pre-sale is happening this December. It's already final. We settled on it. So I'll let you guys know when we have the date. But it's yeah. December. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Please let us know. And I'd love to explore a little bit more about it. And like, um, I guess explain to us like the, the domains part and like why that's important in Web3. Because I think a lot of people still don't understand the importance of yeah. why it's. So I usually tell people it's the same as your traditional user name on the internet. So if I'm going to give a simple explanation, you just compare it to your email address. Mm -hmm. So with your email address, you unlock everything. You unlock Facebook, Instagram, whatever mm -hmm. application you want. The same with crypto. I think the first step in order for them to get what crypto is, is for them to get an identity that they own. But we, we try to make it more social by leveraging the community and culture within crypto. Okay. And there, we're betting on a thesis that at the moment, you can see we're very much protocol driven, dot PDC, dot Ethereum. But if this protocol succeed, you're going to see communities flourish outside of it. There will be a scenario where, for example, Boric Yacht Club is more popular than Ethereum. People will know what Boric Yacht Club is, but they don't know what Ethereum is. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal of this domain names, just culture and community. And then from then on, you take this identity and then you embed it on a separate standalone device that's, um, that has this high security offline. And in that sense, you have self-sovereign identity. And now you have a full stack decentralized economy because end-to-end -end is decentralized. Mm, okay. I think this has been definitely the explanation that's been the simplest and kind of easiest to understand. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Um, I know we're going to wrap up soon, but maybe um, share with us, like, what's one area of the crypto space that you still feel needs a lot of growth or there's a lot of room for improvement? Yeah, so we have... DeFi, I think the DeFi space is maturing after, because we have like hype cycles, right? So yeah. you have DeFi summer and then after the hype cycles, now all the protocols are down, even all their yields are down. So you're going to see real DeFi applications flourishing. It's the same with NFTs. NFTs are down and now you're seeing, okay, it's actually attaching itself to like physical floor price, kind of with no price speculation, which is good. I think the next thing that we can unlock is I'm definitely biased, but this is my thesis is identities. Mm -hmm. You see with the, there's a lot of hype on it, but you're going to see something gets unlocked. There's going to be a lot of value on identities and hardware. So those two things I'm betting on as like the next Christmas cycle, there will be a lot of like hardware stuff, identities. Uh, yeah. I, those two, there's a lot of improvements for in the space. Okay. And, um, where like what's if you want to give any advice for anybody coming into the space to where to start where do you direct them or point them to um i would say youtube i think for me youtube was my best friend ever since i went to the space even if i go to a meeting i was like what is liquidity pool for dummies you know what is <laughs> i'm being honest here you know i'm yeah. like an op you know me i'm like an open book i think for me you know, if I share my experiences with people, they'll be like, okay, you know, it's like, at least I'm on the same path as everybody else. Yeah. Uh, for me, YouTube was super helpful. I read tons of books as well when it comes to, if you want to really understand crypto, I think just going back on history and study what is sharing economy, what is solidarity, just the fundamental concepts that crypto stands for is super helpful. Okay. Um, well, I, 
I know you, we got to go. It's a super short and sweet one, but we'll have you come on um, mm -hmm. and share with us maybe just one thing that you want to leave everyone with that. Um, yeah, just one thing, especially during this bear market. Like, what can you yeah. give us? Yeah, I think the one thing that I'm going to ask everybody is how can we unlock value together in this space and not drain it, right? There's a lot of hardworking people, builders, everybody in this space that tries to bring a lot of value and unlock mass adoption. But there's also a lot of people that drain the value out of this space and just give us an entire bad connotation. Mm -hmm. I think the last probably piece of thing that I want to say is how can we unlock Val together? So if you want to collaborate, just DM me on Twitter. You can always find me on Discord. Uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Okay, so um, I'll link all of your socials and anybody can come and send you and connect with you on Twitter. Um, but it's been super lovely and I can't wait to have you back on and to share more yeah. and connect. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. I so appreciate you being here. My intention with this podcast is to empower you to walk into another world feeling confident. Through powerful conversations, we can build this bridge together. If you love this conversation, please leave a review on iTunes. And if you're feeling extra generous, share this episode with a friend who's curious too. To stay connected, find me on Twitter and IG at Vibes. See you next week when we unravel a little bit more.